This is The M Word, a Studio 52 production, hosted by Ben Earl. Here we are, episode 9 of The M Word, brought to you by myself, Ben Earl, aka The Pigeon King, The Hungry Fox, The Bourbon Seeker, Sir Dancelot, The Human Hedgehog, here I am. Ah, so mad. I need to be saying that over some rap track. Here we go. Let's try this. This is what we need to do. Yeah, coming at you like the hungry fox. The bourbon seeker. Sir Dancelot. The human hedgehog. Yeah, that's right. I appear to have lost my mind. I don't know what's happening anymore. I think that uh, these lives have... um, have done something to me. When I say lives, by the way, I'm talking about the Instagram lives. I don't want to go on about them too much, but it's taking up so much of my focus and my energy. It's madness. I've started to lose my mind entirely. On Sunday's live, it's just gone. I was laughing so hard, I, I I couldn't stop. Bless bless the guy that came on. You know, this guy came on and was talking about, you know, straight away I was like, hey man, how can I help? And he's like, oh, I don't need help. I need to say something. And then, and then kind of spent the longest time not saying anything. And then, and then, Oh man! Then the lights went out, and on his end, and um, then, and then eventually I said, "Okay, you don't have time now." And he was like, "Okay, I'll say some theory," and then didn't get through that. And then eventually, when I said, "Okay, come on, you've had time, do a trick," he then said, "Oh, you've put me on the spot," and I was like, "Well, you came on the live." Anyway, I lost it. Bless him, uh, sweet guy, but um, for whatever reason, it hit my funny bone. Anyway, those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, I've been running Instagram Lives nightly now for 29 days straight, and as a result, my brain has gone to mush. It's been a brilliant experience, and it has been a massive amount of fun, but it's also um, it's a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of work. And it started to make my brain go do lally without biscuits. It's just, uh, yeah. So I thought, what would I talk about here? Because those those lives on over at Studio 52, our Instagram account, those lives are a different thing. They're they're a conversation um, between myself and someone else. It's about getting realism out of it. It's not an interview. It's about finding something authentic so that people can witness a real conversation, experience something real. Uh, we had, um, who do we have on last night? So the time we recorded. So last night was John Archer and he played the ukulele and we drank and it was fun. And we've got loads more people coming on. I'm having a really good time doing it. Uh, but then also what's happening when I'm coming to do the M word is I'm almost talked out. I'm almost getting to a point where I want to I want to talk about stuff on the M word. But it's like my brain is fried, and it's very difficult to think about stuff to do. I almost can't think of anything, and um, it's been a real problem. So I thought to myself, right, I've got to take a, a, a bit of a break, you know, take some pressure off of myself from uh, all of the stuff that I originally wanted to talk about, and just kind of relax a bit, and just think, what's the right thing for me to talk about? <laughs> and so I went back through a lot of questions that people are asking right now, and we had a lot of people um asking about what the company's currently doing because there's suddenly a lot of visibility on studio 52 what we're doing what we're about and why there's a company there at all as opposed to just me and i thought actually there's probably a lot of stuff for me to talk about so ultimately i'm going to talk about studio 52 why it's there why i'm doing it where it's come from and really i think that this podcast will end up being about happiness it's going to be about finding happiness through intuition uncertainty and connections to others um and it comes from 
ultimately what Studio 52 now is. So let's let's talk about that. Uh, what is Studio 52? So Studio 52 is uh, my company and it is there simply to gather a lot of different elements that were somehow lacking in in my personal life and my professional and creative life. And so to kind of give that context, I need to go back. I need to go back a bit. If I look at myself as a, as a performer, a magician, a person, all those things, before Studio 52, if I go back to five, six, seven, eight years, I've, um, longer, 10, 15 years, doesn't matter, I have been doing lots of different things, performing the length and breadth of the country. I have been uh, writing, uh, designing, releasing products, teaching, work, doing workshops, doing TV stuff. Uh, doing uh, theatre shows, uh, I mean, consulting. I mean, you name it, I've kind of done all aspects of that at some stage. And really, I think that I didn't realise it at the time, but all of those things I was ever doing was about trying to find a state of happiness, a state of belonging, a state of feeling like the thing that I was doing was was the thing I wanted to do. And it's quite hard to settle. And every single part of that never felt complete you know it never felt fully complete i felt like it was partially something i liked whether it was writing a book i love writing um but it's not everything i don't just want to do that forever and and you know, i love performing but i don't just want to perform forever there's there's lots of elements of magic and creativity that i want to kind of assemble together and i think over the years i realized that i'd started to amass all these different skills, you know, I I was performing a lot, and so I was practicing and creating all these different aspects of magic and practicing coins and cards and other bits and pieces and reading, and there's the kind of uh, the art and craft of it and trying to work on performance and work on new venues. But also I was writing, and I was having to learn how to write. And there are different styles of writing. How much of your personality do you put in there? How much of your perspective comes across? You know, how good are you at conveying irony or humor or sarcasm in a way where it doesn't translate incorrectly and there are things i've written in the past where i think other people have taken the wrong meaning from them because they come across as very dry or sarcastic it's very difficult to kind of put tone in there some or humor uh, and other times i've i've challenged myself i mean recently i did this on instagram last year i published some micro essays which were challenging myself to make people read theory but like books by having a front cover and then flicking through pages of theory, but doing it in less than kind of four or 500 words. Um, anyway, my point is that a huge part of that process was me learning to write and also therefore learning to design. So I had to learn how to use InDesign, Illustrator, Photoshop, learning how to take photographs and you know, spending a lot of time learning those skills. And I, I found that I love photography. I love design. I love writing. All of those things in themselves are entire arts. You know, they're entire like professions, and there's a huge amount to learn in all of them. And so I would get lost in all these different elements of it. And then I would suddenly go, oh, yeah, and performing. I've got to go back to performing now, and I, I need to practice. And so I had this constant push and pull between all these different parts of what I was doing. And then, then I started teaching, and I loved teaching. I loved the idea of communicating ideas to people and sometimes the one of the best parts is if you can inspire if you can say something that makes someone's eyes light up and you realize you've just given them a breakthrough or a eureka moment 
And then I worked on different ways of doing that, the difference between lectures and workshops and masterclasses and one-on-one uh, kind of personal uh, tuition and, and all those different elements. And, and I love teaching in those different formats. But again, that wasn't everything. It wasn't the same as performing myself. It wasn't the same as writing. It wasn't the same as designing. All of these different parts were elements of magic that I liked. And whenever I was doing one of them, I never felt that I belonged. I never felt that it was fully what I was doing. You know, <laughs> there's that thing in Harry Potter. What's it to do with? I'm going, oh, God, my wife's going to kill me now because she loves Harry Potter. Um, Horcruxes. When Voldemort splits his soul into, I think, six, seven or eight pieces, whatever it is. And so part of him is off in these different areas. That's almost what it was like for me, these kind of horcruxes of magic. I had part of my soul was in performing, other parts were in design, in photography, in writing. And I just felt that I was kind of being spread very thin, but yet I loved all of these areas. Uh, also things like consulting, you know, having to work on other people's problems. I've worked with, you know, multiple other performers to help them. And sometimes that's actually help, helping them with material, but other times it's development of other ideas. And I kind of enjoyed so much of it like I said I got I learned in a period of about 10 years not only like performing and um creating and teaching and writing and photographing design not only learn all those different things um but I found that I was also finding a level of satisfaction and happiness with all of them but I didn't really know what I was doing I didn't know how could I take all of this into one thing I had no idea what to do. So, I mean, that's why I was finding myself like writing a book and publishing it and then um, uh, putting that for sale to other magicians. And then I would go and teach and and uh, do a lecture. And then I'd also go off and do a performance somewhere and I'd do a corporate thing and then I'd come back. And I'd find myself trying to like test the water with how to do all this stuff. Anyway, um, ultimately, I realised one day that what I was really doing was trying to find find a sense of creative and artistic happiness and all this type of stuff. But I could never quite define why there was always something missing. And for years and years and years, I could not work out what it was. And I thought for a long time that it was because every time I did one of them, it was the fact that I wasn't doing the other parts of it that were making me unhappy. So when I was writing and producing something... I was liking it, but the reason I was unhappy was because I obviously wasn't out there performing or I wasn't doing one of the other things that I like within magic. And so I, I thought that for a long time and I, I'd kind of got to a state of acceptance with that level of being, of just thinking, I'm just going to have to accept this because that's what I'm doing. I, I have no desire to just fully throw myself into any one of these things. I want to kind of do all of them. Anyway, but I realised that that wasn't the reason. Uh, I, it slowly started to dawn on me that there were two other elements that were contributing to me not feeling happy. And I realised that it was... One element of it was um, uh, loneliness. And the other was a level of narcissism. And... <laughs> Well, what I mean by that is all of it was so m madly surround, uh, surrounding myself. It was all me, 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 me. And 
the constant promotion of me. Here's my thinking, my thoughts, my product, my thing, my teaching, my show. And, I mean, that kind of sounds obvious when you say it, but it was actually the sudden realisation that all of this constant focus on me by me was also contributing to me not feeling amazing. And on top of that was this idea, or, the, or, or this this loneliness, in the sense that you are on the road by yourself, travelling, when you're doing gigs, you're travelling, and then hotels and motorways and planes by yourself. You do a show, you get claps from people that you don't know. They give you love, but it's kind of shallow, in a way. It's nice, it feels good, but they don't know you. And then you might meet some people and say hi, or whatever, and then you're back to being by yourself, but you're not really... You're really kind of alone all the time. Now, if you come back to a family and a house and all that stuff, that's great. But there, I realised there was a, a sense of work colleagues missing. People that I could work with professionally. Um, a team. And I suddenly realised that this idea of team and narcissism, or lack of team and loneliness and narcissism, was contributing to why I wasn't feeling fully satisfied for so many years. I could never put my finger on why I didn't feel right. For me, I'm not saying this is the right thing for everyone, but it was certainly that for me. And so I started thinking about what what that would look, how would I change that? And it, it's it, over a period of time, and this, this, I mean, I started thinking about the formation of Studio 52 around three and a half years ago. Um... And I spent a long time talking to a few different people, um, some very, very well-known magicians who I was seeking advice from um, and possibly going to be working with and all this other kind of stuff. And eventually I kind of, I realized that I needed to start, I needed to start a company, a thing where I could work as a group. I didn't know what that was, whether it was a company, a limited company, or it was something else, if it was a... I don't know what it was, but I realised I needed to have a group. And I also wanted that thing to become bigger than myself over time. So, so I want to break that, that, that down into, into two sections. One, uh, so let, let me start talking about the, the, the actual team on who we are and how we kind of met. So after after a period of um, a, a quite a while of talking to a few different people and not really knowing what I was doing, I started to make some connections with different people that I was kind of hoping I could maybe work with at some point in the future. And one was uh, Ben Tierney, who's our current uh, creative consultant. And, you know, he weirdly enough sent me an email out of the blue one day. And Ben um, is actually a, used to be a, um, still is to some extent, but is a, a produ was a executive producer for uh, production companies that were run by, um, or Johnny Depp's production company, Tony Maguire, all these other people. And, and Ben was an executive at those. And he's connected to uh, a lot of that stuff out in LA. And he sent me this message saying, hey, man, you know, I've seen your work. I love your stuff. And It'd be really cool to hang one day. And he said, I'm a fellow Brit and I live in, in, in LA and be cool to hang. And so him and I just started talking. I said, yeah, it's really cool and, you know, whatever. And I, and I checked out his stuff and I said, oh, I like your photography. And we had some kind of connections there and that started making sense. And we slowly started talking. Meanwhile, I'd also kind of um, met 
Henry White, uh, who I'd actually met at a convention, who I knew had been working for Prop Dog, a magic company here in the UK, and he I was talking to him, and we got he made me laugh, and we were getting on very well, and he was very smart. He knew about the magic business, and um, there was something about the energy with him as well. I mean, I've always been someone that deals with personal connections. You know, if you, if you really have that personal connection with someone, I think you, and it feels right, you should explore that. And just over a period of like maybe six months, maybe longer actually, maybe it was about eight months, I stayed in contact with both Ben and Henry and we just kind of lightly talked about stuff and about the possibility of these things happening. And meanwhile, Ben and I were working on how to explore these ideas further, how to kind of manifest them. What what were all the things that were part of of, of what eventually would become Studio 52? And we're talking about these ideas of then, of community, of doing deeper, more real things, of uh, finding a bit more authenticity, looking at the problems that currently exist in the magic market and working out ways to unify them. Also bringing together all these ideas of performance, communication, design, all this into one space. And it, over time, eventually one day, uh, I don't know why, it was a while. <laughs> um, six, seven, eight months. I'm going to have to go back over the timeline. It's a long time. All of a sudden, it started to feel like it was becoming something. And I, I suddenly realized that the name Studio 52 appeared. Uh, actually, with my wife was the first person who actually said it to me. I was talking about real 50, these other words. And, and then she... Yeah, and then she said that to me, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly it, and that manifest, that sounded right, and by now it felt like Henry would have been involved, and Ben would have been involved, and Ben was very, very good at talking about um, pulling out ideas out and pushing the ideas into new spaces and, and, and seeing and exploring them, and, and I'd also been talking to Chris Kenner for months and months and months about the possibility of doing something much bigger than something that existed in magic and um but it was but it was always different i mean like i love chris to, to bits and him and our friends and i uh but it's always difficult because obviously he lives in a different country and he's extremely busy working on the copperfield stuff so chris and i uh we just continue kind of like conversations in the background but it's very hard to actually kind of move it forward into anything or know where that was going and so in the meantime ben and i and started kind of pushing this even further and then Henry and I started kind of talking about it as a real thing and all of a sudden it had kind of become a thing I was like hang on that's this is now me Ben and Henry talking about this thing and we started kind of having meetings and then then business plans started emerging and designs and concept documents and all this stuff started emerging through an honest connection between all three of us through the desire to do something special um and all of a sudden i felt wow there something is here and 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 this feels fantastic and i don't really know where we're even going yet and it took a, a, a time to work out well what do we do where do we go um and it was it was complicated and after about a further eight months nine ten months we were, and I was still doing stuff in the magic world and going to Blackpool and other bits and pieces and lectures and kind of having this as a secret project I was working on in the background, not really knowing where it was going to go. Um, and then we, I, I suddenly had this idea that, that I think what we need to do is we need to kind of produce some books. We need to, to produce some podcasts. We need to start 
um doing some film content there needs to be a website in a very like a, like a standard way we need to start in a way that is palatable for the magic community to kind of digest stuff that it feels it already knows and then then we'll see where it goes and so all of a sudden we start pushing towards this idea of creating a book and then all these other ideas that we had started informing the design we wanted the outside of it to be a bit more um, intuitive a kind of a, a, a that intuitive artistic flair but the inside to have a level of control effects technique and theory you know the way in which the design moves down the page is is the fact that you go deeper into the book and deeper into the philosophy which goes back into our ideas of being going deeper the, the font that we use is specifically designed to represent um, this kind of classic font that was used for public service um, it, back in the 1920s and so we felt that this was that that the way in which we use colors all these different elements the the way that photographs were used it were in order to kind of refresh the visual palette as every person goes through we had to find the right it was you know very expensive to produce the thing we had to find the right the right stuff and all this stuff started forming and I was like I Again, this is what I love. I love this idea of creation, creating these objects with a team of people now. Um, and that was huge amounts of fun. And then in that process, we also discovered Darren, Darren Lovell, who is our head of um, our visual director. And Darren and I immediately hit off. He happened to live in the same village as myself, which I was very shocked at. And and immediately I was like, well, I like him because he's funny and very talented and extremely hardworking. I love his style. And very quickly, he had very similar ideas to me about community, about life, about people, about good goodness and that type of stuff and doing good work. And everything kind of made sense. And very quickly, him and I were working together endlessly and producing really good stuff and every time we worked together it felt easy and i remember sitting back thinking wow this is now a team this is you know ben who's out in la henry who's in london darren who's where i am in dorset and we're all working together and we're all very similar we have a very similar almost identical view on trying to do good work and simplicity efficiency having depth and we still don't really know where it's going. And there was something very exciting about that. And Darren and I suddenly started producing adverts for the books that we were doing. And, and I'd already written the books and we then just had, had to kind of uh, publish them and produce them. And all, all of a sudden the packaging for these things had all this intention and design going into them. And it was just, you know, a really interesting period of time to 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 manifest all these different aspects of what i loved in magic you know the design the creativity the writing the performance the every aspect of it photography and manifest it into a kind of a, a movement a working group of people you know even this podcast this podcast has come out of there a cathartic need to communicate and try to have as much of it as improvised and unintended and real as possible. Something I didn't feel existed. And so that's what we're doing. It's the same thing with these Instagram lives. You I mean, these Instagram lives that are, are just improvised conversations that are, are real and organic. They're not interviews. And yet we're having to kind of try and get the right flow between people, manifest it. And we're doing 28 or 29 days now. And, you know, we started this before the lockdown even occurred in the UK and we built this bunker in order to try and release it. I mean, I don't know, I'm kind of waffling now, but 
you know, Studio 52 basically is a collection of guys who have a very, very similar idea of aesthetics, of quality, uh, of intention and community, um, and a belief that we can kind of do things better. And we're very, very hypercritical of ourselves and what we're doing, and we're just trying to constantly do better things. And what, at the moment, the only problem I have is that it's still very focused around me. It still feels very narcissistic, not narcissistic, but it it does. And I just love, even the fact that I'm talking about this now diffuses me because I'm talking about Henry and Ben and Darren. And whoops, there goes pings. Who's that? <laughs> oh, that's actually Henry sending me messages. And again, look, that's a perfectly timed bing because there we go. This is work stuff, Henry sending it to me. And, you know, um, it's interesting that the, over time, I want Studio 52 to become bigger than me. That That's the other goal. And, and I've, I've managed to achieve the first bit, which is to put together a company and a team and a group of people that can work together and enjoy working together and enjoy the work. Uh, the next part is to kind of try over time to make that company slightly bigger than me so it can take that focus off of me. And and right now, I'm not sure exactly how to do that in exactly the right way. Um, you know, because we are still, you know, understanding who we are and what we're doing. I mean, and also, if you visit our website, so that's um, uh, studio52magic.com, you can see our company ethos and our manifesto. And that hasn't changed since we posted it in October last year. And what's what's funny is that a lot of those things are coming together now under the circumstances that we're in. We're in this time now um, with the coronavirus or COVID-19 and you know, the lockdown and the social distancing, where who we are as a company has, has managed to kind of show itself, I think. Um, because, you know, we, we put some of this stuff on paper, like I said, out, out into the world in October last year. And it's been hard for us to kind of really show what we want to do. And I, I feel that in the last few weeks doing what we've been doing, because, you know, I'm on these conversations nightly with these people and you don't see that Ben, Darren and Henry are behind the scenes working just as hard as I am, making this stuff appear, you know, working on those adverts that you see that go up about the M-word, working on the film that was done for this, for the M-word, working on the, the stuff that goes on Instagram stories, that goes on the, the, the photography, that go all that stuff. And then Ben is often coming in with all kinds of ideas about tone and all this kind of stuff. And to work amongst a group of people that are focused on that stuff is amazing to me and even that it feels slightly less narcissistic because even though i might be the person that's maybe fronting and talking in these things these conversations aren't about me these conversations are about these other people and and the moment and the community and about bringing them all together so yeah it's uh we're still understanding who we are so when we get emails talking about who studio 52 are what are you you know well to be very literal about it, we're a company and we do stuff with magic, right? But what it really is, what it really is, is the pursuit of happiness, right, over time. It, it, is, it is the intentional pursuit of happiness and the connection to others. And, you know, my life is currently a fluxing state of possibility and potential. That's what it is. And 
this desire for connection, this desire for, for community, this desire to find happiness in work, this, de this desire for that connection to other people, whether it's people in this company or people within the community, has driven Studio 52 into the place that it's at. And we're still in a situation where we're trying to define and understand who we are, right? But, you know, I've never been in a situation more unstable or more uncertain, and yet I've never been happier. So, you know, maybe this podcast is about, or is a message about moving towards things that you love. And maybe really Studio 52, to me, is a symbol of of what can happen when you are critical about the things that you are doing and you are constantly trying to pursue and move towards things that are more exciting or will bring you more happiness or bring you deeper connections. Yes, it's a company that surrounds magic, but also it's about something far bigger than that. And most importantly, we haven't even arrived yet. I don't fully know what that can become. And that uncertainty, to me, is inspiring and exciting. So yeah, we'll we'll end that there. That's uh, feels like that ended on something and made some kind of a point. But uh, yeah, anyway. So you know what? Like I know we mentioned uh, this stuff, the Studio Fifty Two Instagram lives. I am doing them every single night. I have another one tonight, and that's going to be fun. Come in, see those. Normally they're at least an hour and a half to pushing up towards two hours real conversations with some of the best minds in magic on friday nights i have some beers on uh, with anyone and it's an improvised show entirely sunday nights i bring you guys on to talk and question and you know i'm sure that over the next few weeks i'll slowly start to lose more of my mind this is look this shows you right now you hear all those bings coming in those bings have just come in from darren and ben um so again this is what's happening we're gearing up towards the live tonight uh, we're just a few hours out, and um, so already the team start talking. So look, you know what? This, this, this really, this is about love for other people. It's about love for my team, about appreciation for them, um, and appreciation for all of you guys listening. You know, I wouldn't have this part of you guys listening in this community if it wasn't for trying to trying to find ways to connect. So yeah. Anyway, love you guys. Um, peace out. You know what? Let's let's end like this because this is how I ended it earlier on. Boom. We're going to end with Sir Dance a lot. Yeah. AKA the Pigeon King. <laughs> uh, I have to turn it off so we can fade in the actual music, which is the actual outro music. There we go. Darren right now, who's actually going to be doing aspects of that, will be thankful that I got rid of that bit. But there we go. Right. Boom. See you guys later. I'll see you for the next episode soon. Out. This was a Studio 52 production. For more information, visit studio52magic.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Studio 52 Magic.